I hear you. We got a plan, which is that we're going to have a clean episode. Yeah. So usually we're some foul mouth people. Yeah. We'll say some unsavory things. I'm pretty yeah. excited about the idea of a clean episode that you can play and church as loud as you want. Yeah. And we'd like to open up the listenership every so often to people who, uh, who maybe would like to have a children in the room. We're going to push uh, maybe the would boundaries. Maybe we'd like to have a children in the room. I don't have kids, so I don't know how to talk about this kind of stuff. We want to push the boundaries of the G rating, but like- But down. Yeah. We're going to make it extremely clean. like So that adults are not allowed to yeah. listen. Like it's like certain playgrounds where you have to be accompanied by a child in order to listen to the podcast. Yeah, you you as your kid, like, can you explain this to me? So uh, we did this once before and I kind of ambushed you by bringing up the topic of sex. I thought we were going to be talking about like a Pokemon or like a... We were. I, I don't have any hard feelings. Well, yeah. the, I do have hard feelings that push so deep down inside you're never going to know about We them. will be talking about Pokemon sex at some point yeah. whenever a listener requests that we rank that. And then there will yeah. be hard feelings. Anyways, <laughs> next week, if you know somebody who doesn't like to listen to uh, curse words or is a children and would like mm-hmm. to listen to us rank an item in a totally clean episode where we don't talk about sex or say curse words, have that person write us. At- what if that episode is so good and those kids want to listen to another episode? What do we do then? We'll see. I mean, it's like if the giving demand people is a there- taste of something and then you're like, come back to this next week and then they come back next week. And then they fill far and filth, you know? Yeah, well, then maybe they could incentivize us to, you know, make specialty episodes for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, if you know a kid or a kid type person uh, who would like us to rank something that would be appropriate for kids, have them email us at list at everydamthing.net. Uh, if you're listening to the current episode or the week it comes out, because the next episode will be coming out a week after that. You know what? Yeah, just take a. <laughs> if you're listening to this when it's fresh, have a kid email us. Yeah. So uh, you want to start the podcast? Yeah, man. Okay. Hello and welcome to Every Damn Thing. It's a podcast where we rank everything. I'm Phil. And I'm Jake, and we're here to guide you through the list of everything. Each episode, we take items and tell you where they rank on the list of everything. The list can be viewed by going to everydamthing.net. You can find a link in the show notes. So we've known each other for a really long time. Once, while exploring the depths of a plastic ball pit... If I recall correctly, we had been on the hunt for an elusive fast food menu item. That's right. We'd already been to a dozen franchises before finding the item. Anyway, when we got the item, it was immediately burgled from us by a guy who jumped into the ball pit with it. Naturally, we followed him into the ball pit, and at the bottom, we found an ancient box for a kid's meal that contained a special surprise, a ranked list of everything. After memorizing the list, we caught a glimpse of this hamburger burglar scurry through a hidden door in the bottom of the ball pit. We followed him through the door and found ourselves in an underground shadow restaurant that served only limited time specialty items. Oops, all promotions. And we immediately ordered everything. We became so engorged with specialty items. Oops, all promotions. That we fell into a deep slumber. When we woke up, our memories of the list had been hamburger burgled from our minds. We can now only access the list little bits at a time through an extremely scientific process that resembles shooting the shit. Through this process podcasted for your entertainment and edification, we will gradually uncover the list of every damn thing. The list currently has 68 items, with Dolly Parton at the top and QAnon at the bottom. Crows and the Sea are in the middle. Yeah, so Dolly Parton's at number one, QAnon's at number 68, Crows and the Sea are like at number 34, 35. Um, There's 68 items, which means uh, after we rank the next item, QAnon is going to be 69, and wouldn't we like to 69 QAnon? I was waiting for the clean episode to talk about that, but yes. So yeah, we're going to rank three things today. Our first thing we're going to rank is from a new listener, or it's the first time this person submitted something, and it is the first thing that we have had submitted by 
a woman. Yeah, it's a big deal. You know, the podcast audiences are largely male, they say. Not yeah. nowadays so much as before. And also the people making them are often very male. It's a kind of a male space, you know? Yeah. All talking about Star Wars and whatnot. Talking yeah. about penis mutilation, stuff like that. Totally, yeah. So welcome to our audience. And- so this suggestion was submitted by Jamie M. And the item okay. that we are ranking is the McRib. Okay, so you told me that we were going to rank the McRib. I did. I had never had a McRib in my life. Oh, really? And I did some research. I went to the city the other day, and on the way home, I went to the uh, McDonald's, and I ate a McRib. And it was unpleasant. And I got to tell you, I know about McDonald's menu. One time, like years ago, we were in college. Decades ago. On on your orders, I went and I ate the entire menu of McDonald's, and then I wrote about it, and I made it seem as if I had eaten it all in one day. That was embellishment, of course. I I ate it over. We were working on a project that was like a podcast in like written form. Yeah. It took me a month to eat all the things on the menu, and it was like, I was at McDonald's. I had to go, you know, seven or eight times, and I didn't get the Big Mac meal. You know, I know what the fries taste like, so I didn't have to get the fries again, but I got all the sandwiches, and I got all the fries, and I also got the things like the chocolate chip cookies. I don't think they make those anymore, but I even got the three different flavors of sundaes. One one of the times I went, there was a track meet there. It was a world-class track meet. Oregon has like a really- At McDonald's. That's the thing. After the track meet, that's where they all go, the the athletes there. Then they get to like finally- junk and crap yeah there was a guy with gold medals on his neck and he had a mcdonald's sandwich in each hand and he was taking <laughs> alternating bites and i was like man this guy's like really, he's really living it was one of the times i went there it really stands out when i think yeah. about it you know so okay the mcrib the problem with it is let's let the people know what it is in case they don't know it's oh, a, okay it's a, so the mcrib is a pork sandwich that mcdonald's makes it's a restructured boneless pork patty it's restructured meat yeah so it's shaped to look like yeah it's shaped to look like a rack of ribs but it doesn't but it's really just a patty. look so much it's got no like bones. that i mean if anything it looks like the sausage patty which mcdonald's has for their breakfast okay item. to yeah. be honest that's like the thing that it reminded me of most closely anyway so it's a limited time item and it's been around since i think the 80s yeah it was introduced and in 81 and it's it's come back and forth it's a thing where they discontinue it for a while People get gagging for it. They want yeah. that McRib so bad. They say, please, why have you done this? Yeah. You've forsaken us in it. We need a McRib in our lives. You got to bring it back to us. What's my life with no McRib in it? This is the first time it's been available nationwide since 2012. So it's been eight years that McDonald's has gone without having it as a regular menu item nationwide. Um, Apparently, individual restaurants have always had the ability to order from McDonald's HQ the ingredients mm-hmm. for the McRib. So during the gaps between when it's mandated on the menu... You can still find it in weird places. And so there's still like... Uh, you find like somebody in Sioux Falls, South Dakota that owns several franchises. Yep. They like it and personally, and they keep it around. Yeah, or really. maybe a single franchise. And because of that, in between like the cycles of, of people going nuts about it being available anywhere, there's like McRib Hunters. There's a website. It's probably run by McDonald's. It's McRibLocator.com. People can keep track of where McRibs have been spotted. It's or- hard to imagine someone liking it that much. I guess we're going to get to that uh, right. when I tell you my findings. So tell me about this. So where was McDonald's where you went and got it? I went to one that was in Marin County. Ooh la la. Yeah, it was a very Tony establishment. And I pulled out the highway and I thought, should I really do this? I imagined you and you were thinking like, Phil, I'm here editing this podcast, setting up the Twitter account for it. Yeah. The least I can do is punish my body by putting this and McRib into it. And I have an out. It. Like, I can't eat the McRib. Well, I could have just told you like, Jake, you were right all this time and I became vegetarian, yeah. so I can't eat it either. You know, I could have said some bullshit, but I'm not going to do that to yeah. you, right? I thought about you as my friend and I realized you're the, and also for the audience and yeah, also for uh, 
for Jamie, who asked to have it, it was like, I'm going to have to do it. Am I serious about this or am I playing around? I'm going to have to eat this McRib, you know? And I ate the whole menu, you know, years ago, right? And yeah. so I. McRib wasn't on the menu at that time. I also ate the styrofoam packaging that it was put in. <laughs> yeah. I ate a bunch of change that I took out of the McDonald Land donation thing. Yeah. You know, just I wanted to be thorough. So going into it, you were a little bit like scared or meek about it. Yeah, yeah. it was because I thought if people like things, then they're going to eat those things. And if they were to have eaten those things, they would still be around and on the menu year round. Okay, I got in trouble talking about this at the grocery store with my son because he was telling me like he doesn't really like turkey. I said, you know, Teddy, I don't think a lot, it was during Thanksgiving. I don't think a lot of people like turkey. They just eat it around Thanksgiving. If people really liked it that much, they'd eat it once a week, right? And the same goes for candy canes. Like people don't really like candy canes. If they liked them, you'd, they'd figure out a way to eat them on 4th of July. Is turkey more expensive? Is that why people don't eat it all the time? There's turkeys everywhere. I saw so many turkeys. Well, they're not everywhere, well, but I saw a lot of turkeys. There was a big change in eating habits. I do know that in the 80s that Turkey became very popular year round, right. much more popular than it had. You get a turkey sandwich. Turkey sandwiches yeah. and whatnot, yeah. yeah. Because I think it was like people are more health conscious. They don't want ham. Before the 80s, everything was just ham constantly, right? Right. You know? um, so I was saying this to my son. This woman at the checkout and was like, I eat turkey all the time. And I love candy canes. <laughs> and then the woman who worked there was like, you know, me too. I love those candy canes. I eat them in January, February. If you got leftover candy canes, I always want them. And I like turkey too. And I was like, these why are they doing this to me? You know, like they were humiliating me in front of my son. That was the first time my son had ever seen me be wrong. I said, don't listen to these people. Don't listen to these people. <laughs> and then I glared at them. No, I said, look, yeah, maybe I'm wrong about this, you know, but it's an exception that proves the rule, right? Yeah. If this thing was really good, it would have been popular. People would have liked it. You know, they don't take away, you know, the Big Mac or whatever, right? Because people are buying it all the time. So I thought it was going to be. You should like, have said oh, to Teddy, you should have been like the woman that said that she liked turkey. You should have been like, look at like her hair. You know, you want to be like that woman. You know, she just found like something <laughs> about her. Oh, uh, that was wrong. I just to discredit. She just her. chose something that you could like. I said, you know, people lie, Teddy. People tell lies all the yeah. time. Yeah. And this woman is no exception, obviously. Well, you know. Everyone has their opinion, right? And right. that's her opinion. And a lot of people say they want turkey all the time. But if you look at like turkey consumption, it's way up at one time a year because right. it, society tells you you have to have it at that time of year. If yeah. people really liked it, they would eat a turkey in the springtime sometime, right? I mean, that's when turkeys are fat too, I suppose. I don't know. Maybe they're fat okay, all the time. Well, anyways, I don't, I, so I'm the vegetarian. McRib. So I'm suspicious of this. It's kind of like, like, I agree. I kind of think that the big McRib is like, McDonald's secretly trying to create this clamor for this thing by reducing supply so that they there is, I'm sure, a, a committed fan base yeah. for people who want that McRib. So, okay, I, I can, can we get into it now? Yeah, what yeah, was I was going to say. So I, I wrote down a note about Like it. 10 years ago, there's a an informal study done on the McRib that showed mm -hmm. that there's a correlation between the price of pork dropping and the timing of, of when the McRib has come out over the years. That makes sense. I saw an article from Business Insider, which I'll link to in the show notes, where a guy's talking about that, you know, it's good to think of McDonald's as more of a company trading in commodities than as a restaurant, you know? That totally makes sense. So it's like when pork is especially cheap, McDonald's can make a profit off that by buying a lot of it yeah. and doing a run of McRib. Or if they expect the price will be cheap for some time to come, right? Or if they think the price will dip. It's kind of like what airlines do with fuel. Yeah. Right. Where yeah. they lock in fuel contracts and, and apparently Southwest is really good at this. If they're if you're good at predicting it or buying before it swings up or not buying before it swings down or, you know, I mean, just if you know how to work that, you can make your airline profitable. That's the difference yeah. between the airlines that are profitable and the ones that aren't. Do people know how to buy that fuel cheap? McDonald's really gets involved in like promoting the temporariness of it. Like, you know, you can tell in the commercials and whatnot that are going on today, they're like, McRib is back. It's been a long time. In the 90s, apparently there's three years in a row 
I'm sorry, not in the 90s, in the early 2000s, 2005, 2006, 2007, where the McRib would be around for part of the year and they promote it through like what would they, they called a McRib farewell tour. Like, so does the price McRib's of going away forever. And they started a website that was like save the McRib to extend the amount of time it was there. And then in 2006, they had the McRib farewell tour too. And then in 2007, another McRib farewell tour. Um, they really committed to the bit. <laughs> yeah, and they claim that the reason that they limit, the restrict the amount that it's out is to like build anticipation around it. But yeah, there are suspicions that it has to do with it's a bulk, uh, with, astroturf organization. Yeah, exactly. We didn't get the documents from a media request, but like, oh yeah, we got to submit a FOIA. Yeah, um, I remember McRib being a punchline a lot for Dave Letterman years and years ago. You know, he would talk about the McRib when it first came out because it's kind of a a silly thing because it looks like it's supposed to have bones in it. Like, you yeah. know, the, the thing that Fred Flintstone eats with all the ribs, but it's there's no rib bones in it. They, it just shaped them. They cross-promoted it with the Flintstones movie, by the way. Oh, is that true? Yeah, he goes to Rock Donald's and orders a, some sort of giant McRib. <laughs> you really you really did your research, Jay. I didn't, didn't take You're much. Not but, around. So you ate it in the car. You got it drive through, obviously. Yeah, and I cr- and I, you, and you I cried. I parked the car. Did you park the car on the side of the freeway? Like, not you didn't pull off the freeway. You <laughs> no, got it. No. You- <laughs> I parked in front Sorry. of the place. I went into the McDonald's. Okay. I ordered it off the little touchscreen. Yeah, and which is like really unhygienic. I'm touching on this touchscreen. Oh you know, yeah, like, that's messed up. You got you yeah. don't have a stylus. And then I came back and in the parking lot, I ate it. A uh, spoiler alert: I didn't finish it. I ate oh man, it. I okay. wasn't crazy about it, and I was mad at you too. I said, "Why did Jake do this to me?" So I recorded so this. How much? Oh, sorry. You recorded some. Yeah. I'm going to read to you what I recorded, right? So you recorded this on a piece of paper using a... No, no. I did a text-to-speech while my mouth was full of McRib. I see. Yeah, because I thought, I'm not going to remember what this tasted like in a couple of days or a week or when. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember how long ago this was. Time doesn't... You know, it's during the COVID. So yeah. it's like, I don't know what time yeah, We means, just mark so. our time and like whether the McRib is out or not. I know. Exactly. It's like, it's been one thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I said, the onions are not right, man. There's a problem with them. At least I could taste them. The pickles are flavorless. The sauce was not tangy. It was flat. No real flavor. It tasted kind of like, you know, the sausage that comes in the McDonald's breakfast. It's on the McMuffins and whatnot. It was like that, but it was a wider shape. There wasn't anything to it for me. I'm not a food snob. Look, I'll eat a certain fast food things and I have no problem with it, but I could not finish it. I ate half of it for science, you know, in the name of science, but it's not what I want. Look, I put it on the bottom of the food, you know, because, I mean, it should have been saltier. It should have been spicier. It should have been sweeter. It should have been something more to it. It really was very disappointing because I know it's beloved that some people really enjoy and clamor for it. They want it more and more. They got to get it. They got to have it. They want more and they can't live without it. They say, give me the McRib or the McRib. You know, it's a party. We're having a festival for the big occasion because of this McRib coming back. Well, to me, it's a shameful thing. I thought it was going to be a pulled pork sandwich. Why can't anyone make a pulled pork sandwich? I think that would be something people would want. But also, yeah, I guess to wrap things up, I would say I'm unhappy. And it's an unhappy day for me because I didn't like it. Um, so you can use an excerpt yeah. for that because I, I ran I, out of it. I don't know. Bit. That's pretty cool. You should take that to poetry reading. When, so oh, this, to the poetry slam? Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. It, it didn't have any real flavor. I don't even want to get into like, is it right to eat meat or anything right. like that? Are you or the pork I'll especially, or done with that, but. is it unclean? But also, like, there's no reason to eat it. Like, if it was, like, super salty or super spicy or something, you know, but yeah. it didn't have a strong flavor to it, so it was just like eating nothing. I could taste the onions, though, at least. Like, the onions had a real flavor to them. Even the So pickles, it wasn't like if like, you're a barbecue fan, this is the thing you're going to go for. Oh, no, no. You just get some nuggies with some You go, yeah, some go somewhere sauce, else. Yeah. That's the thing. It was really oddly flavorless in a strange way. Like, even the pickles, like, McDonald's pickles are usually pretty good. 
because they're these, I don't know, they're especially kind of super artificially tasting pickle. Yeah. It has a McDonald's pickleness to it. But the pickles on this, it didn't taste like a regular McDonald's pickle to me. I don't, I don't know what was up, man. Um, Maybe I got a bad batch. How much did it cost? It was a reasonable price. I think the whole thing, it was like... Oh, you're one of those people that doesn't even know how much a McRib costs? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how what I can it be? I am. I'm Fifteen dollars. I, I want to say it was like four dollars. Does that okay. make sense? I don't Something know. Something like that. I didn't I get the meal. I just costs. got the sandwich alone, and then I was like, the flavor was like in my mouth on the whole rest yeah. of my drive home. Jamie requested so I, that we maybe we talk about pairing it with um, fine wine. Um, Did you drink anything with it? Did no, you have a soda? I wish Nothing I had like that? because I felt like it was stuck in my throat. I, I ate about two thirds of it, and I threw the rest away. Now looking back on what it tasted like, if you were to eat it. And you had to like have a drink with it. That, let's say an alcoholic beverage like a wine or a beer or any sort of cocktail. Um, what would you recommend people pair it with? Well, let's see. Something that I maybe complements the nothingness of it or. Yeah, like that's the, the thing because it wasn't a tangy barbecue. I thought it was going to have a tangy barbecue sauce to it. Yeah, but maybe just like a, a handle of vodka. I would just say a, a glass of Chardonnay. Just yeah. have a little shard with it and just kind of look out the window and think like, well, here I am. So you wouldn't do it again? No, wouldn't do it again. Um, you know, what if it wasn't McRibs for another 20 years? Like they waited 20 years. This is years. not your daddy's McRib came out. Exactly. The, the vegan McRib. Yeah, or like the caffeinated McRib or something like that. The sativa yeah, You know, if they or... had a vegan McRib, I would eat it right away. And I would probably have the same experience that you had where I just... Where well, it wasn't funny. worth it. You know, a lot of McDonald's stuff, I feel regret. It wasn't even like that. It just, it was kind of a nothingness, like an ennui, you know? Yeah. I, I just, it did nothing to me. It, it's like nothing happened. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, before we get into ranking it. Yeah, I'm ready. The other negative to it is that I'm a vegetarian. It's pigs. I think eating pigs is a yeah. bad thing. The company that makes the McRib or that like produces the, the meat and sells it to McDonald's got sued by the Humane Society for like mistreating pigs, essentially. they uh, That's pretty upsetting. Yeah. And then I it's like that use by, of gestation yeah. crates, which I don't know what those are. Um, I can unsanitary it living conditions for the pigs. Uh, and there's stories of baby pigs being tossed in crates like rag dolls and stuff like that. So, I mean, if that helps you rank it at all. I got to say it's pretty low. It doesn't taste good. You could make an argument for something that is causing pain to another living creature. I'm not saying it's the best argument, but you can say, well, but it tastes really good. You yeah. Know, pork chops yeah, yeah, are delicious. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, you hear that argument about bacon all the time. Yeah. You can't make that argument from the McRib. Yeah. So it doesn't really help anybody. I, don't, I can't think. The best thing about the McRib, it seems, is like it's weird promotional fake is it as bad as I want to say that the other foodstuffs that are on that level? Yeah, let's look at foodstuffs. So there are two foodstuffs that are pretty low on the list. Uh, one is, well, if you count blood, blood is pretty low too. Well, I but, think blood should be taken into consideration when talking but about blood this. has other circulatory. Yeah. You know. yeah. So we have surge, which is a beverage. Yep. Uh, discontinued, I think. Is that right? uh, I think it uh, recently uh, has returned. You could maybe get a surge with a McRib right now. Oh, yeah. So actually, that's my um, pairing recommendation is to drink a surge with a McRib. I don't know if McDonald's has the... Um, What's that Coca-Cola machine that mixes the Oh, I know the freestyle, one. Yeah. Coca-Cola freestyle. I think they do have it. My son yeah, is crazy I recommend about that thing. pairing yeah. the McRib with the Surge or maybe a Surge orange soda combo. You ever try to tell a kid, like, look, you don't want to mix high C and <laughs> we, Dr. Pepper. It's gonna the be last gross. time we talked about it, when we ranked Surge, I think that's episode like two or three. Listen, mm-hmm. if you want to go back, we discussed the, uh, the Coke machine. The Coke freestyle machine, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, we could discuss it's, it's too if you much want. power to give, especially to children. So, so yeah, Surge, uh, Surge is at number 64 out of 68. And right below that at number 65 out of 68 is Double Stuff Oreos. Okay, the thing is, I don't like Double Stuff Oreos, but they're unnatural in a way. Like, whatever the cream is in Oreos is a byproduct of some industrial process that they have. That's why Oreos exist, yeah. right? It's some, it, You know something like that's going on. It, it's 
Yeah. I don't know if it's animal fat or what they're using in there, but yeah. I don't think that they cause as much pain as a McRib It's a does, restructured so. stuff patty that they have in the double stuff Oreo. Which is similar to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a very similar... Yeah, it's, yeah, unlike the natural, regular yeah. Oreos. What they do is they take the Oreos, they give them a lot of hormones, not HGH. And yeah, whatnot. like um, similar to the uh, McRib and the patty that that was made out of. That, that patty was developed by the U.S. military in order to get low-cost meat out to like the soldiers in the field, troops oh, in the field. Oh, yeah. And the same for, I think, for the double stuff Oreos. I think the army developed that yeah, in order to- Yeah, they need more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> They found there's oh, yeah, efficiency totally. and stuff They're amongst like, the look, troops. These troops are really suffering. The morale is low. They need more stuff. The, the amount of stuff that they have in the Oreos that were in their regular ration pack is not doing it for them. Look at these men. They're downcast. They're already defeated. Uh, you know, yeah. is it any wonder that things are going so poorly yep. and so, in general? So the military develops that. And of course, private industry benefits from it. It's funny because double stuff Oreos are low as a con- because as a concept, I don't agree with them. But Oops All Berries is something I'm really in favor of. We're, we haven't gotten to that yet. But no. like that's... I think my favorite concept, you know? Yeah. So I would say Jenny McCarthy. Which is at number 66. I almost want to say the McRib is below Jenny McCarthy. Which is worse for the health of the average. uh, You know, there's people working at those pig uh, slaughterhouses who are getting sick, you know, because they they have to work double time because McDonald's had a big order of pork or something. So, I mean, if you're looking at it from a public health perspective, depending on how many people eat the McRib, but it's hard to argue that Jenny McCarthy is worse than the McRib. If I'm imagining them both, if I want to look at a picture of either of them, I would look at the picture of Jenny McCarthy. Would you look at the picture of McRib if it was dressed up like a sexy Santa? Like though? a sexy Santa? I would look at it, but I wouldn't look at it that much. I'd... You nudge your friend, you go, hey, look at this. Yeah. See what I got at McRib picks. Um, okay. And then you look at Hank Williams Jr. Number 67. Look, Hank Williams Jr. has written us some good songs. Like Politically, I yeah. disagree with the guy, but... There are some positives to him and to his life. Yeah. Whereas QAnon, okay, now QAnon is actually a thing where I kind of think the McRib is worse than QAnon. I can't support but that. But it is, man. QAnon makes people feel like they they know something. So maybe that's a positive. Yeah, but the McRib. They're throwing these pigs like ragdolls, you told me. It's true and it's terrible. Yeah. But if I have to accept that people will eat, right. eat, people eat bacon, bacon or whatever, it. which yeah. um, is a bummer. And and overall, I think that shouldn't happen. But the insidiousness of this QAnon idea is so... Are we just trapped in our in our moment, though? Like in a year, are we going to say, how crazy is it that QAnon was at the bottom of the list? We thought it was so bad, but that was before the truth came out that it was all right. Or it seemed so serious at the time, but now it seems really trivial and silly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're not to blame for the way that we've divined the um, nature of the all list right. here. The list is as the list is. I'm willing to put it at, at number 68. So, um, okay. Yeah. McRib. So very close to the bottom. So Jamie, that's good going because it's hard to get something towards the extremes, right? Yeah. And it's only going to get harder and harder. Jamie, uh, I hope that you weren't suggesting this item and expecting us to rank it very high. If you're a big uh, McRib fan, I'm hoping that you know we haven't chased you away from our podcast um, as our that's only just more for her. confirmed Jamie lady can have listener. a McRib now. She can have the McRib that I'm not eating. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, there we go. We've got one thing ranked. Now we have 69 for this very brief moment until the end of the next segment. The list is at 69 items. And uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and uh, do the next one. All right, we're back. So the next thing we're going to rank is by super submitter uh, Nick G. Wonderful guy. Yeah, wonderful guy. We ranked something from him last episode too, but uh, he submitted a lot of things. And um, it just happens to be that Phil was in town in San Francisco last week, and both of us together took a stroll outside, social distance, on Clement Street, 
uh, which is the street that Nick was living on, and that both of us have lived on, all of us have lived on various times throughout the brief history of the 21st century. Yeah. And Nick had submitted it's this for us to read. It's near and dear to my heart. It maybe is my favorite street in America. Maybe my number two street, it might be Steinway Street, which is in Queens, but I think it's a great street. And I, yeah. and I would say, basically, we're talking about it from our Guello until about to Park Presidio, but we could say, yeah. uh, take it all the way out to the end to four-star theater. Clement Street is a street, it's... Got a lot of businesses on it. It's, it's awful to drive on. It's it's not for driving on. There's not really any parking, and the people drive like hell on it yeah. anyway. It's in the western half of San Francisco, which is people think is more residential half in San Francisco. Um, yeah. In the avenues, it runs from essentially First Avenue, which doesn't exist. It's called Arguello Street, almost all the way out to the ocean. It goes up into the yeah. high 30s of it, avenues. It runs parallel to Geary um, Boulevard, if yeah. you're familiar with San Francisco, and it, also parallel to Golden Gate Park. Yeah, just so. north of Golden Gate Park and south of the Presidio, it extends most of the length of a neighborhood called the, the Richmond District, uh, which is distinct from Richmond, California, which is its own city uh, in a different part of the Bay Area. It's not really a tourist destination, although many tourists might go through it on their way to the Presidio or to the beach. No one's going to give you a tour of there. It used to be full of um, cemeteries. cemeteries. Yeah. And then they moved all the bodies, but you know there's ghosts and it's full of haunted stuff. Yeah, you know? now San Francisco has almost no cemeteries. That's where they all used to be, yeah. but you know sometimes you'll be walking along and you'll see a shade. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Floating or, along, like an orb, maybe a glowing orb yeah. or some a swamp gas. The Slender Man. It's something coming out of the fog, and you'll mm-hmm. think, "What is that?" And you're like, "Oh, yeah, it used to be a graveyard yeah. sometime ago." In fact, ago. they moved all of the sometime in the early 20th century. I think the cemeteries were all moved to free up land for development. All of the cemeteries and bodies were disinterred and moved from the western part of San Francisco, where they were in cemeteries, to uh, the city of Colma, which is almost all cemeteries now. And it was discovered later that many of the people who were paid to move the bodies essentially just moved the headstones and left the bodies buried there uh, to save money. It's a historically was predominantly like an Irish neighborhood and then also a Chinese neighborhood. Right. And Russians there more recently, I think. Further out, once you cross Park Presidio. Yeah, yeah. Also, one of the places where in the early 21st century, it was more or less reasonable for rent, more so than the rest of the city. It was, you know, cheaper rent than the rest of the city. I remember when you first uh, moved out there, which was in 2001, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. You had been living in a more central part of the city, which was kind of cooler in the Soma district. And I remember going with you out to the place you were going to move and thinking like, this is lame. This this is like, he's moving out to where there's families and where there's like- I couldn't live down in the city center anymore because it was like the stuff that was going on in my alleyway yeah. was like every kind of depravity that you could imagine. Yeah. Like- <laughs> there were multiple depravities happening at multiple times yeah. outside my house that were loud. It wasn't like there were quiet depravities yeah. going on. Plus like animals. Yeah, you live near a bar where people would frequently be having sex. Yeah, but also people would be throwing up. Oh, or yeah. Getting in, All of the above at once. Or getting in fights. Yeah. Or just like people getting harassed by cops and the cops are loud. And yeah. like, I'm just trying to sleep, you know. And plus there's music is loud. And also yeah. there's a motorcycle repair oh, shop yeah. where they were revving up the motorcycles on the weekends. It's just like... It was unpleasant for me, you know, I like and the, the Columbus Street is loud, too. There's like old women yelling at each other in Cantonese in the morning yeah. and like buses, you know, that would park right outside my uh, house. But I have really fond memories of it. Yeah. And it's like I love I like to go back. I like to go to the bookshop Green Apple. Yeah. I like to go to Kame Restaurant Supplies. I like to go to Hero Club. You oh, know, I forgot about the, Hero Club. The, yeah. So the part of it that Nick is asking us to rank, I think, more than anything or the part that we have the most fondness for is, is what would be called the inner Richmond part of Clement. So maybe the first really the first. 10 or 15 blocks of it. And these are short blocks too, but really, really the first like five or six or seven blocks of it. So you're saying from Arguello until about seventh or so? Till about seventh or eighth, Let's maybe. Let's say until 10th because then it includes... Let's say the first 10 or 12 yeah, is really what um, it is. And they're short blocks, 
And it's bustling. There's a place that used to be a nightclub, and and my friend Tarita, her parents met there when it was a nightclub. That's the is um, it the not the Golden, Golden Bear? Not that the Golden was a Bear, place okay. that was a Russian restaurant there, which I went to once, yeah. and a lot of interesting stuff. It used to be there were a lot of like places to develop film. I remember that was a big okay. business back in the old days, but well, you know this is mm-hmm. like things change, and so those businesses that used to do that now are doing like I don't know, it's on vape guns, right? Or, you know, yeah. everything progresses, so it's like uh, fidget spinners that are with USB. There used to be a big stand-up comedy scene there, like open mic night scene. Even like when we lived there, lots of the cafes around there would have a weekly comedy open mic night. I remember once you tried to heckle somebody uh, and then got shut down. Yeah, I had glasses. He said, what, you want to go pro glasses? And uh, (laughs) and, uh, he deflated me. (laughs) Uh, But even before our time there, which I guess be more like in the 90s, there were even more of the places we're having open mics. And a lot of people who are um, big uh, stand-up comics today sort of cut their teeth there. I know that Mark Marin, I believe, you know, had done stand up there. Um, yeah, we saw people, some, every once in a while, you'll see some comedian and be like, oh, I remember that guy from CNN, yeah. like a Brent Weinbach or somebody yeah. like that. Oh, I saw that guy on, you know. There's that documentary. It's like a tour movie called Comedians of Comedy that came out in like the, mm-hmm. in the 2000s, maybe even before that, maybe in the 90s, that has um, Zach Galifianakis and... Uh, oh, Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt, yeah. There's footage from that movie of them being on Clement Street. Oh, years before. Years before, I think by the bitter end, um, which is a bar on Clement Street. So, I mean, for the listener who's not really familiar with the place, it's a really cool neighborhood street with well, a lot of little shops, like independent shops, independent restaurants. People actually live there. It's so, sort of close to one of the colleges. So there are a lot of students there. There's families out there as well. The businesses are like independent businesses um, and the restaurants. Oh, yeah. They, they're pretty strict about rules yeah. with chains. I think more so than other neighborhoods are like. There isn't a Starbucks yeah. on Clement Street, or there isn't a... The street like has escaped a lot of the sort of... I mean, it, it was never like very low rent, at least not in the last many decades, um, especially low rent. It hasn't ever been especially high rent either, though. Like lots of places in San Francisco, it's not... You don't have to go very far to find either. Um, I, I could imagine it would be a bad place for people who are trying to commute, right? Because it's there's not any parking. So unless you can yeah. afford a parking space, it's quite difficult. So if you have a car... Yeah. So it's escaped a lot of the growth of like new people moving to the city, the techies come. Not as many of them are trying to live there because it doesn't have the allure for a lot of people. It's a real sort of local gem kind of yeah. place that's a little bit grittier than some parts of town, but not as gritty as others. I would say that it's not naturally as beautiful, but it's like it is. You can see up into the Presidio. It looks incredible. It's, it's a, colder it's, than, than yeah. the East usually is. San Francisco is weird like that. So I think that keeps it from getting... It's not blown out by like too many people trying to move there, I suppose. It's a place people can live in. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to rank it. I, I think a lot of people, if they're not familiar with it, hearing about a street they don't already know about yeah. can be kind of tough listening. So yeah. I'm ready to rank it now because... I, I got to say, I'm going to put it pretty high. I'm not ready to rank it. Um, you and I, okay. when we saw each other, we went to, and this will come up in, a, in an upcoming episode, I think. Uh, we went to a place called Toy Boat, which is an ice cream shop and little cafe that's been around for 38 years. Great place. They recently sold it. So the owner that owned it for 38 years, um, they, you know, they had all these toys and whatnot, uh, like collectible toys. Did they get toys. rid of all the toys? I couldn't see inside um, when we were there. So... The guy had these toys that he collected. They were all on display in the store. After 38 years, he decided to sell the place. And um, the place was bought by another local business, a bakery, which is nice because it retained the name, didn't get changed. And they kept the toys on display. They kept the toys on display. I mean, it used to be called Toy Boat. Now it's Toy Boat by Jane. What if, you know those things that you carry children in? Mm-hmm. What if they call mm-hmm. those boy totes? You mean cages? No, the backpack oh, that you I put see. the child yeah. in. You call it a boy tote. If it's a boy, if you yeah. have a son. What would you call it if it's a girl? You would call it a, a, a girl tote. Okay. But it doesn't rhyme, the toy boat, man. 
So anyways, Toy Boat is great. Uh, this bakery bought it. Boy Toot for Girls. It's the same uh, bakery that was mentioned in the last episode near the old location of the People's Temple. And recently, there's a break-in. Many of the toys were stolen. Actually, it wasn't a break-in. Many of the collectible toys were on display were stolen in the middle of the day by people who came in saying that they were some sort of workers helping on doing the... Uh, hey, I'm some kind of yeah, worker. Hey, I'm doing hey. something. So probably the people... Hey, you can leave me unattended. Yeah. The people who were working there were like totally stoned or something, didn't get it. The suspicion that's inside I believe job. somebody. If I if you're selling ice cream and someone because, hey, the owner told me, he told me I got to do some things. You got to think about it, there's customers. They're yeah. like, I want chocolate. I want a strawberry. Maybe it's in the middle of the ice cream rush. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Is that like the gold rush? Yeah, there's one every day, right? What, at 1 p.m. every day? Yeah, or was yeah. It there, is that a historical event? Yeah. The gr- so, so, but we're talking about Clement Street. Yeah. We're not ranking this ice creamery. No, it's no. A, it's a wonderful establishment. It is, but it's one of the many things on Clement Street. Yeah, that's true. Also, the... Uh, my favorite variety store closed. It's yeah. where I would buy everything. My socks, my underwear, my my non... They were like batteries that were not... Uh, what do you make most batteries out of? Uh, Lithium ion? Like, I don't know. Coal? They were made out of the wrong stuff. You know, you buy batteries and they're like nickel cadmium yeah. or whatever. The- alkaline or whatever. These batteries were not that. They were like what people had been using. They had been making batteries out of 20 years before that wasn't as good. But I would buy them because they're really cheap. They corrode really quickly and whatnot. But Across the street from that variety store is a little cafe called the Blue Danube. You and I used to live directly above there. Yeah. And this is a place where I met my wife. Oh, so yeah. Right on 4th oh, and so Clement it's, there. The, the it's got a lot of like... A, fun memories. Yeah, exactly. And it's on, on top of that, it's a great street. Burma Superstar is there. That place appeared in Parts Unknown by Anthony Bourdain. There's a number of other really good restaurants. Some owned by the same people as Burma. Oh, that... Are, that I was going to say that award-winning bakery, but that bakery is around the corner. So yeah. There's, as you mentioned, Green Apple Bookstore, which is probably one of the best independent bookstores in the the country. It's It's not like Powell's in Portland or something, but it's, you know, it's not like the Strander, but it's up there. And it's not like City Lights. I think it's If you're just looking for books, it's a better bookstore than City Lights, but it doesn't Um, have the history of City Lights. And City Lights never fired you. I was bad, though. I was a bad employee, to be fair. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that really deserves mention on there, but I think we got... The most of it. Oh, the Cobra. Oh, yeah. He's a shadowy figure. He's an older man. He wears like a hat with a Cobra on it. And he's a very he small has... man, too. He's like, yeah, maybe five uh, feet at... tall, five and a half, I guess. I don't know. Whatever small yeah. is. Um, And he's smaller than me, and I'm, he's, I'm not tall. He's so. aged. He's somewhere between 70 and 110 years old. And he kind of would stand watch in a, in a way that was like sometimes reassuring, but also kind of uh, kind of scary and intimidating. Yeah. I You'd think see him walking had... down the street. He was an older Asian man. He had a cowboy hat and around the rim, uh, sorry, the, the brim of the cowboy hat, not on the outside of the of the brim, but on the inside of the brim was a, a cobra, a cobra skin. Poised, ready to strike. A, a taxidermied. So the very front of his head on the brim was a the, the cobra's head looking like it was about to strike. And also- and there's never been a photograph of him. Um, or no one's ever photographed have, him. It's impossible. Blurry for some reason. Um, yeah. He also wore cowboy boots. And on the top of each boot, on the bridge of the foot, was the top half of a taxidermy pigeon with the head there as well. And this fellow would walk up and down the street. Wait, is that- Yeah, he, like he's, he was he seen wearing those. Yeah. It's like if you took the top half of a pigeon, you cut off the bottom half of a pigeon. Maybe it was a dove. Probably with a dove. Head? With a heavy yeah, taxidermy. If, if you took a taxidermy pigeon and put the top half of the taxidermy pigeon on the I was the walking around calling boot. that guy the cobra when he had just been calling him the pigeons. No, he was the cobra. All right. And so he's like a he mythological creature he, with he would, like a- He would smile sometimes. He was an interesting fellow. We have, He hasn't been seen in a very long time, but he surely still lives and watches over uh, the inner Richmond and Clement Street. Um, yeah, you want to rank it? Yeah, let's do it. 
Do we have uh, any other locations? Jersey Shore is a location. Jersey Shore is at number 33. I put this above Jersey Shore. Me I'm too. just saying that right now. So what else do we have up here? What is comparable? Well, Anthony Gaudi is sort of synonymous with uh, the city of Barcelona. I like Clement Street more than I like Barcelona because I... Yeah, I've, and Anthony Gaudi done, only represents sort of the real high-minded stuff of Barcelona. Um, sure. Architecture and whatnot, whereas... This, although he this, did disguise himself as a beggar accidentally, um, so he does have that lowbrow part as well. I want to say the floor for me is uh, Dilapidated Shacks at number 14. Okay, I can agree with that. Oh, we didn't mention Anthony Gaudi's at number 21. And number yeah. 14, we have Dilapidated Shacks, the structures which have a real um, aesthetic quality to them. But commensurate, like, them. okay, you know what a walk score is for a neighborhood? I don't know what, how many walks are sold there because a lot of walks are sold there. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and you buy quite there. a few at Cam A. Yeah. Um, but a walk score is like, when someone says, oh, I moved into a new house, you'd be like, oh, what's your walk score? Meaning like, you can go to this website and you put in the address and it'll tell you what the walk score is. Meaning like, what percent of your daily errands can you do by oh, walking? Right, yeah. now, now that I moved to the suburbs, my walk score is lower. Yeah. But when I lived on Clement Street, the walk score was something like 100, right? Meaning yeah. anything you need to get done, you can get by walking in a few I mean, blocks. honestly, like you could walk where we lived on 4th and Clement. You can yeah. get so many different varieties of food within like two or three blocks. You could do your, all your grocery shopping, um, especially yeah, especially like, at the time when we lived there. You could go to the bank. You could do your laundry. You could go to, go to the bar, yeah. go to the drugstore. And um, you could be like, oh, I got to get some uh, illegal fireworks. I need to go to the weird hardware store to get. Or I got to go to ballet lessons and get some acupuncture. I got to get a new a little thing of Astro Boy and I want to get some uh, a used record or whatever. You know? Yeah. When Marvel's Shang-Chi movie comes out, whenever it comes out next year, you're likely going to see uh, footage of Clement Street in it. Um, and it will probably be represented as Chinatown in San Francisco because uh some, yeah, a lot of sense. people refer to it as the real Chinatown in San Francisco um, because it's a bigger uh, neighborhood and has a lot more people in it in general and not as many Chinese people per uh, block, but uh, a lot of Chinese uh, and yeah, Chinese yeah. Americans there. Uh, so, yeah. So, a dilapidated checks. I think it has to go above it. Um, Honestly, I could make an argument for putting Clement Street number one. Okay. Go ahead. Clement Street is fantastic. It's a wonderful place. It's full of... It's a rich tapestry of people living their lives, coming and going, doing this and that. It's kind of dirty sometimes. Now, and number one, we have Dolly Parton. Oh, and since we ranked Dolly Parton, it's come to light that she has been uh, instrumental funding, in uh, COVID, the, COVID vaccines. Yeah. And I think that Dolly Parton has had an influence and impact on the world. Like, Oh, this is like us. We're being selfish to I say. I think we are. I mean, like... We have special inside knowledge that that lets us know that Clement Street. It's not inside knowledge, but uh, it's personal experience. But we make. We don't want to make the mistake of thinking that our opinions are universal. Yeah. Not well, everybody no, no, met no. I'm saying there. Clement Street is objectively one of the best things to ever exist in the universe. But because not everybody's had the chance to see that, and more people have had the chance to be affected directly by Dolly Parton, for example. You think people are still going to be singing along to Jolene after Clement Street falls into the yeah, ocean? Yeah, that's the a very good comes. way to put it, Phil. And that makes me want to put i would be okay with putting clement street at number two below dolly parton if you would that, that sounds good to me okay so it's funny we we almost got a new um bottom and a new top oh and we're like in the middle of 69ing yeah wow <laughs> so it works out that way yeah it does it? uh very All right, close so clement street san francisco yeah. enters the list at number two yes. bracketed by dolly parton on top and prince below that's right uh so let's go take a break we'll come back and we're gonna really quickly rank one more thing yeah let's do it Okay, we're back. What's the last thing we're going to okay, rank? Okay, the last thing we're going to rank is uh, from a, uh, a somebody who's never submitted anything before, um, a new person. But a friend of the show. friend of the show, Luke J. Uh, he's down there in, I think, the L.A. area somewhere. Um, yes. And uh, he wanted us to rank wind chimes. 
Okay, here's the thing with wind chimes. I don't really like wind chimes because I used to have wind chimes outside my house. Yeah. And I lived in a windy location. I and see. I would just hear them tinkling and tankling. Is that a word? Yeah, tank, tank. I didn't yeah. like it. And and it's like if something's windy, I can tell it's windy. What I do is I look off into the at the trees and I watch I look at the um, leaves on the trees and if they're wiggling, that means that uh, it's windy. I don't need to use my ears. I prefer to use my eyes. I understand there, you know, some people like them, but I, I don't I don't like the I don't like the chimes. Also, they're spooky sometimes. They frighten me. Well, yeah. I mean they warn you that spooky stuff is afoot. So you're you're in the pocket of big chime or what? Well, I what mean to you- me I can I can understand the annoying thing although uh, to me they're more of sort of a background thing and they're calming. Um they do warn you when something spooky is afoot. <laughs> well they warn you of the wind warns you what is what's no. happening. They're they're not the, the, the wind is, is the just- wind is trying to get by without you knowing and the chime is there to notify you. And they're calming. See, I know that you're a person who's not really into uh, mindfulness and things like that. Um, how, well, how, how do you know that? Because I've heard you what talk, you know I've heard you say my... bad things about mindfulness. A listener, if... Um, what I say that was bad? I said, we should be mind, mindless. We yeah. shouldn't be mindful. But bodyfulness. Wait, if you're, if you're totally mindless, isn't that kind of like yeah. a, a heightened state of awareness? Like, yeah. that's actually good. I, I don't really know. Mindlessness that well, and but... mindfulness are uh, almost identical. Whoa. They're just two different paths to the same place, man. It's like one so of them. For me, yeah. the the equivalent of a wind chime for me is no wind chime. That's right. what calms me. That's what warns. That's what makes me feel happy. Like you know what, the wind. If I want to know about the wind, I'll feel the wind. Right. That's the kind of person I am. I live in the moment. I'm not. I don't need a, a, a piece of metal to let me know. You know, I don't need a. I don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind is blowing. You know. So how do you feel about wind chimes when the air is still? I like them. Okay. <laughs> I prefer them that way. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. So you mean then they're just a decorative piece of metal, yeah. just inert. I'll tell you what I don't I like get... is decorative wind chimes where they're not really wind chimes, but they look like wind chimes. Yeah. I like when things do what they're supposed to do. So actually, I would prefer a wind chime to be making noise, even though if I don't like that noise. I, what I don't like is when things don't do what they should do. Um, so yeah. like a car that doesn't drive, I don't like it. Right. But also like a decorative fireplace that you can't use. I don't like that because it looks like a fireplace, but it can't do the one thing that a fireplace is meant to do. To look like a fireplace? Yes, to tie the room together. Yeah. No, to heat, to, to burn a fire. A mantle. You can- Things that are purely decorative, I never like them because they don't do the thing that they're supposed to do unless the thing is just to be decorative, but they're symbolic of another thing. It's like a, it's it's yeah. almost like, you know, mosquiomorphism where something should do what it looks like it does or what like yeah. what it represents. People call that art. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, just bringing up the Wikipedia page for wind chimes and looking at the first paragraph, which is the total amount of research I'm going to do on the subject. Uh, I see here that wind chimes have been considered an example of chance-based music. Well, that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. It's like you're actually listening to the wind play the music. Yeah, man. To nature play the music. Yeah, but um, have you ever heard um, wind whistle through a lonesome canyon? Oh, man. With no chime, yeah. that's actually a better kind of chance-based music. Is it chance-based music if you hear like uh, cars on the freeway and they, they sound like a rhythm? I think it must be, yeah. Well, I would say if I had to rank all the chance-based music, which we're going to have to do, yeah. I don't even know if I would put wing chimes at the top of that list. Yeah, I would probably put a babbling brook. Um, oh, I would put cars going over an overpass above me. I, I have one question about wind chimes. Are the bamboo ones chimes? Because those sound have a lot any, of very different quality. Let's just say that okay. anything that wind is going through, creating music. Oh, I understand because they're not making they're, a clang They're making clang. more of a dull like tonk tonk. 
to me, I think that's a chime. Okay. Any music that Mother Nature plays by blowing wind through it, any musical instrument. Okay. Not, I don't mean Mother Nature filling your lungs so you can blow a trumpet. And not, not a windmill about... creaking in the wind. Creepy oh, old windmill. I like those a lot. <laughs> now that you mention it, I was thinking about- I don't think it's a chime because it's percussive. Could you live on a windmill? Live on it? You know how there's lighthouse people? Like I was thinking about why can't you have a lighthouse that's also a windmill? Because it would give uh, passersby seizures. <laughs> why? Because it would blink yeah. at them? Because the thing would, yeah. you, you don't, don't tell me you wouldn't want to live in a lighthouse because then the other lighthouse keepers are like, hey, what's up? Oh, the lighthouse, that is a windmill? It doesn't make want, sense. Yeah, exactly. Because no, well, you can't have no, something it blocking the sense. light. It, it'll make it blink. It only blocks it for a second at a time. So the boats will see it's blinking. Mm. And then everyone's jealous because the windmill people are jealous because look, you're providing a navigational benefit. And then the lighthouse people are jealous because your thing moves. And you're grinding up. Uh, you're There's got to be wheat. a reason why it doesn't uh, exist already. Oh, you could also make it be a place. Times on that thing. Imprison a long-haired princess. Why would it be a better place? Because she could just get out by jumping on the oh, side you're right. of the windmill and climbing. Her down. hair might get tangled in it, though. Oh God! Um, can you can humans wear wind chimes? Like, imagine a pretty lady and she has I a wind so. chime. I've earring. seen that. I think yeah, I've seen that before. I think my wife has wind chime earrings. Probably. You don't like your wife's earrings? Is that what I'm hearing? No, I love them. What are you talking um, about? I just It occurs to me that I think those are real things. Um, let's get to ranking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to say, wind chimes, I guess, are okay. They are, they are okay. Um, um, we, we don't... I, I put them... Okay, think about nail clippers. Nail clippers have higher highs, but lower lows. That's number 19. That's also a metal machine. Right. Zipper jeans. This is funny. So zippers. you're looking at tools and I'm looking at like music. Oh... Of course, you appreciate the beautiful things in life, and I'm just a, a robot with a no soul. Uh, I don't know. Right? Uh, That's what you're I'm trying to saying, tell me? I'm not saying that. What about, like, <laughs> let's consider their aesthetic qualities. What has both? Like, Oh, they could be beautiful, and they can also sound nice. Dilapidated track sound is something that, that has, that has uh, an aesthetic a quality, call. but also has, a, um, at least at some point in time, had a more of a function. Hmm. Is there anything else? And Oh, sorry. Dilapidated shacks are at number 15 on the list. What about generation ships, which are an idea? Mm, yeah. A flawed idea. Right. right, of sending people into space, and then they have they live there for many generations. Yeah, you don't think that that is no, that's not really similar. That's at all. okay. You know, mo- the word moist at number forty three is kind of similar because uh, it has a sort of an aesthetic quality that's that we take mainly as negative, but it also does yeah. it is functional. If you didn't have that word, what would you say? Like a little bit wet, right? Damp. You know what? It doesn't. Nothing really conveys. Uh, it. No, I like them more than the word moist. Um, I'm looking. To go so that your floor? Would you say your yeah. floor is number forty three? I think that's my floor. Um, I'm not sure if I like them better than Ice Cube, which is number forty two. But um, Ice Cube's got some problems, and maybe I do overall like them better than Ice Cube. What do you? What are you looking at? Let's. I'm. I'm kind of taking your lead from this. Okay. I like them, but I don't like them that much. And up at number twenty nine, we have Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. She just pops up to me. She's sort of an aesthetic thing, you know. She doesn't have much of a functional uh, aspect to her, but well, she saves she saves her husband, man. Yeah, she, uh, she she saves her to husband. Pretend to have an affair, play patty cake with that man, just True. to save her husband from being. So framed. she's she's at number twenty nine. I don't see putting them above her. Volkswagen Bug also has yeah. a real aesthetic quality, but it's also I would say more useful and it's more aesthetically pleasing to yeah. me at least. Yeah, about, and a coffee and whoppers are are candy that Volks, I, I really Volkswagen enjoy. Bugs are made of metal as well. And there are things that you'd find at a hippie's house, similar to... Wind chimes, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I kind of think they should go a little lower. Okay, so... I think uh, below the word moist. I like them more than moist, for sure. So if you're looking... Well, if you, I feel like Ice Cube makes is also makes music, but he makes music on purpose. Yeah. So I kind of feel like I want to privilege 
intentional music over accidental music. Yeah. And maybe you feel that's differently. Fair. That's maybe fair. You know what? I, you, you know, so so it looks like we've what we've settled on is um Ice Cube's at number 42. Yeah. Moist is right below Ice Cube at number 43. If we make uh Wind Chimes the new number 43, I mean it's really a compromise. More than I think anything on this list so far has been a compromise um between us, then that We'll be good. Okay, so we it's we've entered the list. Number forty three wind chimes has now entered the list. Yeah, yeah. And so now right. we have uh what do we got? We have seventy one items. Seventy one oh, items. Man. Did you ever think we'd do that? I I, I didn't. I'm starting to think we might get to seventy two now. I know, it's uh, looking more and more likely. That's the when we have our party. So Yeah. So yeah, I guess we're ready for to wrap up the show then. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for listening to Every Damn Thing. We hope you enjoyed it. Go to everydamthing.net. That's our website for the updated list and show notes. And the show notes we fact check ourselves. Uh, and give further info on the subjects that we talked about in the podcast. Uh, if you have anything you'd like us to add to the list of everything, email it to us at list at everydamthing.net. That's right. We'd love to hear your suggestions for things to rank or any comments or words of encouragement or corrections or threats. Again, the email address is list at everydamthing.net. Yeah, and we're also on Twitter at everydamtweets and Instagram at everydamthingpod. And you can also submit suggestions there at those places if you want on social media. Uh, You can subscribe to this show wherever you got this episode. Our theme music is by Jade Puget. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on any and all podcast platforms. Please recommend it to a friend who would like it. Yeah. And again, um, if you're listening to this show uh, in the first couple of days after it came out, Send us a submission for um, clean topic for a clean topic for uh, for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get through as many as we can. We're going to rush through them. This one, we had to chew it up a little bit because we're talking on a beloved street, a a hated food item that we did research on. But with these clean items, I think we can can do a hundred of them. In fact, Phil, while you bring it up, the next few uh, episodes for December, they'll be on the um, short side because holidays are coming up. We may do some with just one subject. We rank one thing, but um, thanks for listening. And Uh, thanks uh, for uh, listing. Yeah. And we love you. (laughs) Oh, we love you so much. Thank you.